You're listening to Perry Noble's Thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. For daily insight, please check out perrynoble.com. Well, hello and welcome to the March 2012 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. My name is Shane. I'll be your host today. And so I just want to welcome all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in and for signing up for this podcast. It means a lot to us that you would listen, and I hope you find it helpful as we go through today's topic. We're going to talk about what makes a great team. Uh, But before we get to that, I wanted to mention a couple things that's coming up at New Spring Church this year. Uh, First and foremost would be our New Spring Leadership Conference. This would be the third installment of that for our church. Uh, It happens on September the 6th this year. And so, Perry, I wanted to just give you a second to tell our listeners why they need to be a part of NLC 2012. Because it is awesome. And that's all we really need to tell you. Yes, I'm serious. It's going to be fun. I mean, seven speakers... Subject of church leadership, one day, Matt Chandler, James McDonald, Stephen Furtick, Judd Wilhite. I mean, just, I mean, it's it's going to be an amazing day. So I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Each year it's been fun. And just for you guys who know, it's $139 if you sign up now. At some point in the future, there will be a deadline where it goes up. But um, to $1 million. And so you don't want that to happen. But no. I'll tell you this we start at nine o'clock in the morning and by, before. Five, you have heard from all of those guys, and it is one of the most incredible days in leadership training you'd ever be a part of. So you do not want to miss that. Are there people in the room discussing how much this is? Did we no. say the wrong amount? No. It's 139? Oh, no, no, it okay, actually good. is 139. I may, I may, they're, just, they're distracting us. I know. From, Imagine that. They're not being a great team right I, now. I actually, <laughs> I know, and that's part of the reason why I brought them into the, the <laughs> conversation. Okay. So I want to say what can happen actually when your team goes astray. You get the whole podcast knocked off, I'm of course. I'm serious. We're not editing this <laughs> that's out That's right. We're going to just keep going. Hey, the second thing I wanted to make everybody uh, aware of, speaking of leadership, it's something we did this past year, Perry. You led a leadership intensive time. This is taking the coaching network that you've done in the past, which is, goes over uh, a series of months, and kind of boil it down into to two days or three days worth of leadership teaching. This is going to happen this year, November 12th through the 14th. And I just want to give you a second again to, to let our listeners know why they may want to consider applying this is an application process to be in this, but applying to be a part of this leadership intensive. Well, you know, we started a coaching network several years ago, and um, for, you know, the first coaching network was six months. After that, we went to four months. So for four months, one day a month, people would come in from literally all over America and be coached on church leadership, and we had it for senior pastors only. We began to understand that the demand was, um, like, not only senior pastors wanted to come, but other church leaders wanted to come, but they couldn't commit, you know, to be here once a month for four months in a row. But they could commit to come here for two and a half, three days um, and be trained. And so when we say leadership intensive, I mean, we start at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. We go to 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and it is nothing but teaching about church leadership. I mean, we go through the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights and the backwards and the forwards, and it is, it, it, it's awesome. It's expensive. It's, um, it's $850 to, to be here. But, you know, um, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, get wisdom no matter what it costs. And it is literally, I mean, it filled up last year. It, it, we, had, we had 50 spots open. We had probably 75, 100 people apply. And so this year it'll fill up. We've got 50 or 55 spots available, and um, it's an application process. So go to our website, unleash.cc, and you'll see the place where you can apply on there. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome, and I hope 
I hope you're going to make plans to attend. We a lot of pastors that have gone through coaching networks have actually sent staff members to this thing. Yeah, um, of, of all the things we do, I think the coaching network uh, gets as much positive um, feedback as anything we've ever done. Absolutely, because it's so concentrated, so focused, and of course, those guys get to hear from you for three days, and so. You don't want to miss that. It's definitely a money well spent to be a part of that. Well, what we want to do today, as I mentioned earlier, is talk about teams. You know, this is the time of the year where uh, in the NFL, every team is checking out free agents, getting prepared for the draft, and all the coaches and GMs and presidents, all they're trying to do is put together a great team. And so uh, church leadership, organizational leadership is no different. I mean, you want to have a great team. And so I just want to start out by asking this. Of all the things a leader is responsible for, Perry, where would you rank the importance of putting together the right team? Top three. Top three. You've got to be able to put put together a great team because you are only as good as the people you have around you. Um, I've heard it said before, and I forgot who said this, but those who um, are closest to you will determine your level of success. That sounds like Andy Stanley or T.D. Jakes. Let's just give them credit. It's, you know, because they're so alike. I mean, anytime (laughs) I, you know, um, but uh, it's true. Those closest to you will determine your level of success. And, you know, the the right team is so important because I'm, I'm really curious to see um, if you're an NFL fan, what this whole Peyton Manning Denver Broncos thing is going to do because Peyton Manning, arguably, arguably blah, 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 one of the top quarterbacks of all time. But as we've seen in the NFL so often, you can take a superstar, put that person on another team, and they're not a superstar because the reason they were a superstar is because of the team they were on, not because of the person they are. And it's the same in church world. I've seen Uh, church staff members leave one staff, go to another staff. On the previous staff, they were a superstar. They get to the next staff. They don't really have superstar status. And I hate to use the word, don't email us about superstar. This is a metaphor, okay? But the the, the deal is being part of the right team really does help everybody achieve a maximum level of success. So it's not only important for the leader to put together a right team. It's not just about him. It's about everybody else on the team achieving their full potential and achieving their level of success as well. That's really good. That's a good segue into question two. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with the three C's when it comes to hiring a new team member, the three C's being character, competence, and chemistry. And so just real quickly, again, just the NFL metaphor continues to go, but you mentioned Peyton Manning. We know he's got competence. Yes. And we even in the team setting in football, we know he's got great uh, character, but the question will be: Will he fit in with the team, chemistry-wise? Yep. And so, my question to you is: Why? Why is if you get the somebody with great character and you know they can do the job, like you mentioned earlier, people moving from one staff to another, but maybe not having the same success? Why is chemistry so important to the team? Man, I've heard this said before, and it's so true. I've experienced it, um, Shane, personally in the twelve years we've been doing church here at New Spring. If there's something you don't like about a person before you hire them you're really not going to like it after you hire them. And that's just a fact. And people can boil that down and try to call it superficial, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to work with a group of people that I don't absolutely love and care about. Mm-hmm. Chemistry is essential because there are, some, there are some weeks I spend more time with my team than I do with my family. Now, that's not because I want to, but especially, I mean, Shane, Christmas week, Easter week, it's like the sun comes up, we're here. The sun goes down, we're here. 
um, and we might get to go home for a little while. And during those weeks, man, if you don't love the people you're working with and get along with the people you're working with, that's why that's why I think a lot of church um, that I've talked to a lot of church leaders that their work environment is miserable, and it's because they're working with people that they don't like. So I always tell a pastor, don't ever hire anybody you don't like. Mm-hmm. Isn't that superficial? No, that's spiritual. I mean, like you, you need to hire people that you like, can get along with. In fact, I say this, if you don't want to hang out with them after work, you should never bring them into your workplace. That's really good. I mean, it's just true. Well, you know, you hear um, a lot of guys will say, well, you'll ask, they'll say, I just don't like this guy a whole lot. And you'll say, but well, then why do you have him on your team? And say, well, he's really good at what he does. And the, the problem with that mentality is he's really good at what he does, but everybody else is getting worse at what they do because they don't like being around the guy. Yeah, and it's not fair to that person either because you don't like them, but you're pretending to like them so you can get work out of them, which makes you a hypocrite. So once again, it's not just about the leader. It's about the person you're leading. If, if there's somebody you don't like, but you're faking being nice to them, mm-hmm. you're not setting a really great example as a leader. Now, yeah. I'm not saying leave, you know, shut the podcast down and go into somebody's office and go, you're fired because I hate you. That's not really good either. I'm just saying you should hire people that you like, period. Yeah, if you're if you're the leader and you're making the hiring decisions, why you'd bring somebody into uh, your team dynamic that drags you down or the team down just because they're great at what they do um, would make no sense to me. Yeah, I can't hire – you know, Shane, and you know this very well, people that are pessimistic, I can't be around those people. People that are mopey people that are whiny, people that cry. But I'm like, no, I, I can't handle that. You're, you're going to have to smile, and you're going to have to whistle, all right? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get something done, all right? Quit playing Avril Lavigne and crying all the time. We're going to have to play some happy music around here. I'm going to have to work on my whistling. I, I, we're we're going to have to work on that. <laughs> Karis is trying but, to learn But obviously, whistle. chemistry is a, bit, a really big deal, and all of our listeners who are out there in a work situation where they – really struggle to have joy when they come to work or bring energy when they come to work because they're going to have to work with this person or that person knows that what we're saying is correct. And so we would just encourage you to fight for great chemistry. And sometimes great chemistry is just a conversation away. Yeah. Right. Sometimes they talk on a team dynamic, you'll start talking about people instead of two people. Speak yep. to that for a second about how important it is to, to keep short accounts or talk about the things that may bothering you, be bothering you in a team dynamic. Sometimes team chemistry breaks down because you have a problem with somebody, but you've never talked to them about it. Like you said, I'll talk to people. It's like you'll go to somebody and go, all right, listen, um, so-and-so's bothering me, so will you pray with me about it? And before you know it, you got the whole office praying for a person that nobody will talk to. And that's just not a good place. One of the things I recently shared, Shane, and our all staff was Peter um, in Galatians 2 was pretty much Mm -hmm. denying the gospel. Um, and Paul, the Bible says in Galatians 2, verses 11 through 14, I believe, Paul said, I opposed Peter face to face. Paul didn't go to John and go, you know, there's some things about Pete that are concerning me, and have you seen this, and can we pray about him? And you, you, they didn't do it. Paul said, no, I'm going to go confront this. And so one of the reasons chemistry is so jacked up on church staffs is because people don't talk to each other about their problems because they're like, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to make anybody mad. Listen, the Bible says we should speak the truth in love. And as long as the truth is spoken in love, the Bible also says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. So I would rather, I would rather you be my friend and tell me the truth rather than be my enemy and keep silent. Yeah, and the responsibility uh, for that team dynamic lies with the leader. Yeah, yes, great point. 
the higher up you are in leadership, the more responsible you are for the chemistry on your team. So if your team does not get along, it could be as simple as bringing everybody in a room, shutting the door and saying, guys, I don't think all of us like each other. So let's figure that out before we walk out of here today. That's a great conversation. That is a great conversation because if you, if you want to get your church to the next level, it's going to take a group of people working to, together that actually do love each other. I mean, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. What's the second commandment? L- love each other. That's right. So if you can't even love each other, you broke two of the commandments that Jesus said were the most important out of the 600-whatever commandments. It's especially dysfunctional if we're talking to leaders of churches where you're proclaiming a message of that, but you don't actually practice a message yeah, of that. Yeah, you got to love each other. Uh, well, with that being said, this, this seems maybe like a simple question, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about what are some things working in a team dynamic protects you from? And what are some things working in a team dynamic dynamic provides for you as opposed to just working on your own? Yeah, well, working on your own sometimes you think is easier. And while it might be easier, it's not better. Because reality is, um, well, I'll go back to this. You know, we prepare messages um, in a creative process. And a few weeks ago, um, we were in a creative meeting. We were talking about a message about how to, you know, communicate to people that God loves them. We're talking about space, and we're talking about creation, and we're talking about all this stuff. And then a young lady, in fact, it was her first time in the meeting, said, well, every time I see a picture of a brand-new baby, it communicates to me that God um, God is awesome. And she unpacked that. Well, we actually used that idea in the service, and it was an incredible metaphor, and it connected with a lot of people. But I would have never came mm-hmm. up with that idea on my own. Um, sometimes, you know, leaders come up with great ideas. If you have the right team around you, they'll take that idea and they'll take it to places that you never even dreamed of it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, the thing I said, Shane, and I said this in a retreat that you were at earlier this year, I told the group, and th- I honestly feel this, if you've got the right team, I can make a wrong decision. We can't make a wrong decision. Like, I can make the wrong decision if I try to do this by myself. But if we work together, if all of us are really seeking the Lord with all of our heart and trying to lead this church in the most effective way, then I don't think we can screw this up. I can screw this up. But it goes back to you. You can make a bad decision on your own. But if you'll involve others in the decision-making process, then it can be a really, really, really great decision. I think the reason most people don't involve other people in the decision-making process is because it brings out the insecurity in a person mm-hmm. because they think if this isn't my idea, it's not a great idea. And the best ideas that have ever taken at place at New Spring Church that have really, really, we've really seen a lot of people receive Christ We've really seen the ball move forward downfield. It hasn't been because I went up on the mountain with God for 40 days, and he wrote down this vision on two tablets, and I came down and declared it. Now, that was pretty effective, Mm -hmm. but his name was Moses, and my name isn't Moses, it's Perry. The best ideas that have came in this church in the past 12 years is when we've been in a team and we've worked things out together. Mm, That's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about that statement uh, later. But you, you mentioned Mo- Moses went up on the mountain, and he got a direct vision from God. But when he came down from the mountain, even in Exodus chapter 34, what does it say? He brought artists, uh, Aholiab and... Uh, Bezalel. Some, yeah, that he gifted 
to execute the vision. Yep. So if Moses wanted to do the things God told him and tried to do them on his own, he wouldn't have been capable. Yep. So tell me about the importance on team that bringing different giftedness to the team, where you have clearly a vision from God for this church, but if you had to try to execute it all on your own, we would never be able to go as far. So creating a team dynamic that um, where you're able as a leader to see the giftedness in people and, and release them to do what God's created them to do. So t- tell our listeners in this team dynamic, you're not compromising your vision by letting people help you do what God's called you to do. No, no, you're actually taking the vision to the next level if you'll include other people. If you're, if you're going in a room and trying to make decisions all by yourself, you're taking yourself way too seriously. You're taking yourself way too seriously. You do not have to shoulder that type of responsibility. Yes, I do believe in vision. Yes, I do believe vision leaks down. Um, I believe that vision comes from the top down, but I don't believe that 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 means the pastor is the king and declares what is done. I believe it's the pastor says, man, this is what I really believe the Lord has laid on my heart. He gets the right people in the room, and as the pastor begins to share what God has laid on his heart, the the room, and I've seen this now for 12 years, if it's from the Lord, the room gets excited, and they start developing ideas going, we could do this, and we could do this, and we could do this. And hey, listen, let's be honest. Some of them are bad, mm-hmm. and some of them are good. And the bad ones, you throw them away, and the good ones, you allow it to go to the next level. And once again, the reason our church has been able to see some of the th- amazing things that we've seen over the past 12 years is because I don't demand that my ways are the right ways. I, like, I, I say, this is what the Lord has laid on my heart, and then people take it to levels I've never seen or experienced. I love the way you put that. When you share something with a team that you feel like the Lord's putting on you to do, when you get a sense that this is from the Lord, when people get excited about what you're talking about. Yeah. So talk about some... Uh, some. You can share an example if you want, or just talk about when maybe the opposite happens, like how a team might protect you from something when it's all of a sudden you you share something and then the, the temperature in the room is like, mm, we're not so sure about that. Yeah, I, in fact, a specific instance pops in my mind um, it, it was a it was a leadership team meeting in um, actually took place in this room probably about two or three years ago, where the week before I had one of, had one of those ideas that was just hey guys I think this is from the Lord and everybody around the table was fired up and passionate and we all talked we left here we're going to leave here we're going to execute it it's going to be amazing the very next week I came back in with another idea and. It wasn't that exciting, and there were way more questions than there were exclamation points. I mean, it was just, okay, why are we going to do that? And then, and I was confused. I was honestly a little mad, and I left, and a friend of mine were talking on the phone, and my buddy told me, he said, you know what? I think last week you went into that room, and you fired them up, and they're out trying to make that happen. This week you came in with something brand new, and the biggest question in their mind is, okay, what do I get excited about right now? Do I get excited about what he said last week, or do I get excited about what he said this week? Because if I get excited about what he said this week, then I got to get a whole new, I got to go to my people and say, all right, stop everything we were excited about last week, and let's start working on this week. And so I didn't realize that in, in sharing what I was sharing and trying to do what I was trying to do, it was going to change the entire direction of the church. And so I had to come back in the next week and go, all right. Remember week one where we were like, let's stick with that. And last week, let's just kind of, let's not ever talk about that again. In fact, I don't even really remember what it is. It was such a bad idea. But I just remember thinking, all right, the the team protected me 
from making a bad decision because everybody around the table wasn't, yes, sir, boss, okay, boss. Well, oh, I love that. I, I don't the, – the phrase I use around here a lot is I don't ever want to be the emperor who had no clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was two kids going, hey, that guy's naked. So I, I, don't, I don't want that to happen. And the right team will protect you from making a really bad decision. And as we say all the time, they got to love Jesus, love the church, love the leader in that order. Yep. That's the way to protect, and a good team will – do that. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the the dynamic personality dynamic of a team. Mm-hmm. So if you built, let's, we can talk about the leadership team. We can talk about our whole staff team or, yeah. or any experience you want. How important is it to have different personality types as a part of the team? Very, very important. I don't want anybody that's just like me around the table because number one, we would kill each other. <laughs> um, but I need people that ha- that think differently. You need artists in the room, people that approach things from artistic. So you're sharing an idea and they're writing a poem about it, but it's still mm-hmm. awesome, you know. I love I need people that are analytical, that think about things. Um, we've got a guy who recently joined our team, Shane, probably about coming up on a year ago, Michael, and he's very analytical. He sees things very linear. And it's been very helpful to us to kind of look at some of that information and go, oh, um, I need comic relief, which is why we have Jason Moorhead on our team. Um, I'm just kidding. I need, I need, I, I, but I need people that don't think like me, that think different than me. It, it's very important to have, you know, the person in the room that thinks about people because we're going, all right, we're going to take this charge. We're going to do this and da, 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 da. And there's somebody in the room that's going, all right, if we do that, so-and-so is going to have to work 80 hours next week. See, I gotta have that person in the room because sometimes I, I don't I don't naturally think about so and so that's gonna have to work eighty hours. I'm thinking about let's get this done. But um and honestly, that's usually you, Shane. You're usually the you're the people person. Um and Jason Wilson, y'all are usually going, All right, our guys are gonna have to work about eighty hours to pull that off. Now we can do it, but you, I just need to know right now it's like, oh man, let's think about the people. And so everybody around the table brings something different to the to the table, and it's it's essential to have um, those elements at the table. Yeah, I was thinking it's kind of like putting uh, multiple uh, layers to a strainer or a filter. Yeah. The more different ways you've got for the, what comes out, it's actually going to be the purest form of, of what you're trying to do. I was actually thinking of more layers on a cake, because <laughs> the more on, layers you have, the better it is. But, well, I mean, I, I like that. I agree too. with that. Yeah, I like that. We could. We don't want to strain any cake. We, no. want the, we want the whole cake. The whole cake and nothing but the and cake. And if there's ice cream, it's even better. Oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of ice cream... Um, how do you gauge, or how do you know, as as the, as the as the number one leader, how do you know if your team's healthy? Oh, because they eat ice cream. <laughs> um, you know, I I say this, and I'm talking spiritually, emotionally, and just you know, lifestyle right. healthy. Right. Well, not fat necessarily. Okay. Yes. Or <laughs> or um, fluffy. <laughs> I'm not fat. I'm not fluffy. No, I was huge. Um, the 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 biggest thing is look at the turnover on your staff. If if you're losing staff members left and right, um, well, it, this is my philosophy. Staff members don't leave healthy organizations in droves. So if you're experiencing staff turnover at what I would call a very unhealthy rate, um, that's a warning sign. That's That's a... That's an indication that things are a little off. That's things that that's an indication that things are not healthy. If on your staff you have marriages um, in trouble, 
Uh, and listen, every staff is going to have marriages that go through tough times. I'm not saying marriages that, you know, I'm saying the marriage is in trouble because you got a staff member at work 70 hours a week. Um, that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. If you've got staff members walking around like zombies because you've worked them like dogs. Um, cons- now, listen, n- let, me, let me stop. There is a time for hard work. Mm-hmm. Ministry is hard work. And people in church should work harder than people at Disney or people at Microsoft or people at Apple because what we do is way more important than what they do. Mm-hmm. And we should do it better, and we should do it with a higher standard of excellence. But that does not mean... Um, perseverance, my, I think my wife said this, perseverance does not mean I work so hard that I, I exhaust myself. Right. That's Perse- poor stewardship. That's poor stewardship. You've got to work hard, but you, on the flip side, you've got to have margin. So I would say if you're experiencing an incredibly high turnover rate on your staff, it's probably because you have a very unhealthy culture and people just can't, people just can't hang. Mm-hmm. What about the, the look coming from a healthy, from is the team healthy from this standpoint? If you're not getting any pushback or feedback, oh god, yes. Like the the tone. What would you say to a, to a, to a leader who's in it? Say, well, I've got a team around me, but nobody seems to to give me any feedback or pushback. Well, they're scared of you, probably. Yeah, they're scared or intimidated by you, and you've. Um, I think uh, Lee said this at Unleash. I was in a creative meeting one time where I was getting no pushback and no feedback, and I slammed my hand down on the desk, which is not common for me. I, no. I don't do that, but I... Usually it's your head. Yes, usually it is my head. I've done that before. It freaking hurt. Um, but I'll slam my, I slammed my hand down on the desk, and I, I yelled a little bit. And once again, this is very uncharacteristic of me. I don't do this. And I said, why are you guys in the room? Why are you even here? Did you even look at these notes? Do you even care? Did you even pray through this? Guys, I've got to have you showing up ready and prepared and talking to me honestly and telling me what is good and what is bad. And, um, man, it, we had some, we've had some pretty good creative meetings <laughs> since that time. But it's, it's essential. That if, if somebody around the table is not contributing to the meeting, I don't need them at the table. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need a casual observer at the table. I need people that are willing to share their opinions, knowing that sometimes it's going to be good and sometimes it's going to be bad, um, but all the time it can be used. And so let's, let's talk about this because I, I want people to hear from you about because we get asked this all the time because you say often, hey, I work with people I like. I want to work with people I like. And then what I will hear on my side, people will come to me on the side and say, is that really true? I mean, how can y'all really have any feedback or how can there be any really uh, tension in the room to manage if, if all y'all get along. So I want you to tell the people that about uh, our dynamic or, or whatever, that it's possible to have different personality types, people with different opinions, uh, and create an atmosphere that invites, like you said, invites pushback and feedback so we get the best result, but still everybody likes each other. Yeah, and here's the thing, and I don't understand that when people say that because I've heard the same thing too. The reason why I like people that I work with is I know we can all disagree and then we still like each other. Like, it is a powerful thing to have an argument around the table, call a break, and it's like, all right, so man, how how are your your kids doing? How's that? I mean, it's not, you are an insecure, weak leader if you, if every, or let me back up, if everybody has to think exactly like you in order to be approved of and liked by you. Um, I, I love the fact that you guys can push back on me. 
I can push back on you, but at the end of the day, we really do like each other. It's not a competition when we get into a meeting. It's a it, it's a desire to complete each other instead of compete with each mm-hmm. other. And it really is this thing where it's like, all right, we're trying to make the right decision. We're working together for the good of the church. And um, it it I see I don't understand that. Well, well, if you have people you well, do I want people that hate me around the table because they're going to be attacking me? <laughs> Every time we turn around, do I want people that feel like it's their job to provoke me around the table? Well, then we don't ever get anything accomplished. I want people that really do love me around the table, and I love them because when that happens, we can share ideas freely knowing if we say something dumb or if we say something ridiculous, hey, we're still going to be loved at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, and I would I would just add that I think that's what creates the environment of, of pure feedback. Like, yes. Because you said earlier, you, you ask us to love Jesus and love this church more than we love you and but you have that same philosophy. Yes. So because we have those priorities and we're all trying to get to the same place on the same vision, a team has to refine each other to actually get somewhere. Yep. And so I think that actually invites it um because well, it's other, not just fake liking, it's like real yeah. love. The other thing Shane and I've I've said this on my blog a lot and this is something I push into about the health is a leader has to care more about who who the people on his team um, are becoming than what they're doing. Um, because I know if you're becoming the right person, you're going to do the right stuff. But you can do the right stuff and be becoming bitter, right. angry, you know, lustful, prideful, burned out. And so at the end of the day, I really, really, really do care way more about the people on this staff and who they are um, rather than what they do. Because at the end of the day, and I'm not saying this arrogantly, I can find somebody to do the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody to do the work isn't a problem. I want somebody to do the work because Jesus is working in and through them. And that's only going to happen in a, in, a, in a healthy environment. And a healthy environment doesn't happen naturally. It has to be created, right. and it has to be fought for. Yeah, continuously fought for. Uh, one of the last questions I want to ask uh, you about about the team dynamic and we've talked a lot about disagreement or you know conversations how important is it to have unfiltered discussion behind closed doors but then outside the meeting room or outside those closed doors there's universal support for the decisions that are made it's absolutely essential for a for a team to go forward absolutely essential 100 percent um behind closed doors um You've got to have unfiltered, um, truth spoken in love. Because when I say that, people imagine closing doors, and then the next thing you know, we're we're doing ultimate fights in the in the conference room, right. and um, which that would be cool. But it, it that's just not how it works. And if it did, we don't talk about Fight Club. That's anyway, right. I'm sorry. That's so right. it, if it did, um, that would be a little. Um, jacked up. It's no, no, no. You speak the truth in love. It's Ephesians 4. Mm -hmm. We must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor in love. You do not let the sun go down while you're angry. We keep short accounts, which is something, Shane, that I am very passionate Mm -hmm. about. You don't go to bed mad at somebody on this staff. If you do, you're bad, you're lost, Mm -hmm. you, I mean, you're you're the one that's backing the team up, not the Lord, and not the devil, it's you. That's right. Um, Actually, it is the devil, because you gave him a foothold, according to that passage, too. Anyway, um, you've got to have unfiltered, truth-in-love discussion behind closed doors. 
But then outside the room, we're on the same team. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Let's say that Bob and Tom have a disagreement. This is going to happen every single time. And Bob and Tom are kind of going at it and da-da-da-da-da and this. And let's say that Bob, Bob's decision is the right decision and Tom's decision, you know, it's a good decision, but it's not a great one. And so they leave the room um, and Bob goes one way and Tom goes the other. Well, it's inevitable. Within 24 to 48 hours, somebody's going to come up to Tom and they're going to say, Tom, man, listen, dude, I want to let you know I love you. I really appreciate you, but I can't, I can't really stand Bob. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. Yep. The devil is going to make sure you have an opportunity. And so then Tom has, an, Tom has a decision to make. Do I talk about how much I hate Bob's guts and how stupid he is and the really ridiculous decision he made? Or do I go, you know what, man? You've got a problem because I love Bob and I'm, I'm grateful for him and I'm grateful for his friendship. I mean, the enemy's going to make sure if you don't like somebody that within 24 to 48 hours, you're going to have a chance to prayerfully discuss them with another person that don't like them too. And so um, one of the things I've always told the staff, and I told the staff this once our church reached a certain size, is um, Satan don't want to split the church. Satan wants to split the staff. Satan wants to split the leadership. Remember when Moses was a leader in the Old Testament? What did Satan do? He got Aaron and Miriam to say, hey, why are you getting all this credit? And and next thing you know, you know, know, Miriam had leprosy, and it it just got crazy. But the enemy is going to try to split the leadership. And so that's why if I feel like I speak the truth behind closed doors and I've said everything on my heart and I've at least been listened to and considered, then when we get outside the room and the decision is not the decision that that I wanted, man, I can support it 100% because I feel like I've been Mm -hmm. listened to and considered and and respected. So that's it's huge. It's important. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, before um, we close up today, I just you know just going to add to the leaders that are listening. If if what we're talking about does not sound like your setup, where you've got a team dynamic where you're not on your own, we have un- unfiltered conversation and unwavering support, uh, then then I would encourage you to take a look at how you've got your church or organization structured and make some decisions to to put together a team that can put your organization or church. Uh, further than it is uh, right now. It's lots of great stuff. I also want to reference something, Perry, that you wrote back on February 29th on your blog, if anybody out there missed it. It's just an article called What Makes a Great Team, and there's several things in there that you highlight as uh, uh, telltale signs that your team is headed in the right direction. I'll make sure all of our listeners uh, hit that uh, if they missed it when you posted it back in February. So before we close out, Perry, I just want to give you a chance to share any final thoughts on the concept of or the subject of team um, before we sign off today. You know, the only thing I would say is is a right team doesn't accidentally come together. A right team is put together. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. Um, it takes the willingness to take a risk on people. Um, you're going to have to take a risk on people. You don't. I mean, you're never going to know 100% if that person is right. going to work out in that position. You've got to take a risk on people. You've got to be willing to admit when somebody um, isn't uh, isn't making it. Um, that's hard. That's really hard. It's really tough. But you you got to have the courage to have hard conversations. Um, and you know, and, and there's going to be hurt involved. Hey, Jesus put together an incredible team, and he was betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing about it though, and I think this could be a whole other podcast though, 
is I, you know, one of the things, one of the many things that makes Jesus so great is he didn't, he didn't talk about his betrayal for the next 20 years. He, he never mentioned it again. He moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been hurt or betrayed by a team member or a staff member in the past, man, I know it hurt. I know it wounded deeply. But listen to me. It happens. It happens to every leader. Happened to every leader in the Bible. My gosh, David's own son ran him mm-hmm. out of town. Um, it's going to happen, but it's not a reason to isolate yourself right. from people that God's called you to work with. And so I would say if if you're going to have a good team, it has to be intentional, it has to be fought for, has to be put together, and you've got to care way more about those people and who they're becoming than what they're doing. Because if you do that, man, they'll charge hell, they'll charge hell with you. Not for you, with you. Yeah, that's re- that's really, really good. That's a great way to wind down today's uh, podcast. Again, this has been the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We're grateful that you joined us today. If you have any questions that you would like us to address, feel free to send them to hello at newspring.cc, and we'll try to address those as we go along in the years and years and years to come. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.